morning. I'd like to welcome all of you to Grace Mennonite Church on this first Sunday of Advent. As we gather here, we have the opportunity to meet in the presence of our God. According to Psalm 138, though our God is on high, he cares for the lowly. Though we walk in trouble, our God will keep us safe. Our God will make her good purposes known to us and will not abandon us the work of her hands. Welcome to the house of the Lord. We have several people who want to be part of the announcements this morning, and as they're coming up, I will just remind you that we're having formation after today's service. Joanna Hebert-Brandt, who was speaking to us last week and did the formation, will be here again, and so we look forward to meeting with her. Invite all of you to join us in the lower auditorium, and uh, that's at 11.15. Just grab a coffee and come right down. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is David Clausen. Many of you know me, but for those who don't, um, many of you also know that I have spent the last 10 years or so teaching at the Canadian Mennonite University. I teach their opera workshop and musical theater workshop class. Uh, this year, in January, we produced an abridged version of Godspell. So I brought my family, of course, and after seeing it, my wife Tara said, we should really do this at Grace. It's awesome. And so after a little bit of coordinating between Mel and Kyle and myself, uh, we have secured next week Sunday to come. Uh, my students are willing to come back. They're doing it extra, not for credit anymore. Uh, they are going to come in the morning and do this presentation of Godspell. So just so you know what it is, the service will look a little bit different next week. Um, the presentation is about 55 minutes long. So it's based on uh, the, a retelling of essentially the Gospel of Mark through improv skits and music combined. So it's um, uh, just a show of hands. Who has, who has ever seen Godspell before? Awesome. So most people know what this is about. It's sort of a 70s rock ballad musical. Uh, it's funny. It's also very moving. Um, it goes through the teachings of Christ. Uh, the scene, the, the show opens up by a random group of people coming together and building community. And so through the teachings and the parables, the retelling, uh, we move through to the crucifixion of Christ. And uh, it really is a, is a beautiful story of community and moving into the world with that message of Christ. It, uh, the style of acting is actually quite similar to how we, how we tell scripture here at Grace often. So we thought it would be a really great fit. Uh, you'll, you will see the announcement in your bulletin. It is very appropriate for all ages. In fact, the concept, it was written as a thesis project um, in the 70s, and the, um, the premise was that it had to be effective for adults, for children, for deaf, for blind, for anybody who might find them, themselves in that room at the time. So um, I think we have Children's Church planned, uh, as per normal, but if kids are excited about watching it and they're having a good time, then they're welcome to stay. And uh, I, I want to also encourage that if anybody would like to bring guests and watch this really unique and, and powerful presentation, please do so. Everyone's welcome. Thanks. 
Good morning. I would just like to draw your attention to the announcement in the bulletin uh, about the adult formation that will begin next Sunday. We are uh, putting on a, ser- a four-part series uh, entitled Our Common Companion, Normalizing Death and Dying. Uh, It is a video that was recorded at the guest lectures at Providence University College last fall. Uh, Our guest was David Kennedy from Hospice Peterborough and the University of Toronto. He presented two lectures. The first one was uh, Bringing Death Back into Life, Recovering Wholeness. The second one was uh, Medical Assistance in Dying, Made in Canada. Uh, We're going to break them up into two, so that will become four different Sunday mornings uh, in succession beginning next Sunday. Uh, It's very thoughtful. He, uh, well, okay, we're breaking them up because they're a little bit too long for one Sunday. They'll be 45 minutes each, all right, where he presents, as well as uh, presents a recorded interview of one person who is dying um, against her will, another person who is dying because he is choosing to do so. Okay, so that's the next four Sundays of adult formation. And by the way, this is not dueling universities. I'm not pushing prov. Uh, I'm just following orders from Evelyn Friesen, who was there, along with a handful of other gracers, and insisted that it be brought here. So... So just a reminder as well to take note of the many other announcements in the bulletin. And let's worship together. Please stand if you're able and join us singing here in this place. You can find it in the hymnal as well as on the screen. And we will be singing verses 1, 2, and 4. Streaming, now is the darkness vanished away. See in this place our fears and our dreaming brought here to you in the light of this day. Gather us in the lost and forsaken, gather us in the blind and the lame. Come to us now, and we shall awaken, we shall arise at the sound of our name. Not in some heaven light years away But here in this place the new light is shining Now is the kingdom, now is the day Gather us in and hold us forever Gather us in and make us your home Gather us in, all peoples together
Let's see if they can get her onto the board for the call to worship. So let's read it together. Uh, I'll read the leader part. Eternal God, you call beloved daughters and sons. We worship you for creating us and for calling us to cultivate your life in the world. Eternal God, you call our name in the garden. We've come to worship, acknowledging our vulnerabilities and temptations. Eternal God, You are our hiding place, where forgiveness and mercy encircle us. Thanks be to God for the radical grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. Please join us singing, Sing Praise to God Who Reigns. We will sing verses 1 and 2, and then Mel will be speaking a little bit, and then we will sing verses 3 and 4. chose to divide the song this morning between a few words, something we want to celebrate together, and you'll see why um, at the end of my words. Um, In your bulletin this morning, there's an insert. I'll ask you to to take a look at that if you could. It has a thank you on it and pictures, so you'll see which one it is. This morning as a congregation, we want to celebrate um, with the Trin family, who uh, some of them are here with us today, and I'll ask them to stand in a bit. Um, The Trin family came to Canada and Grace 40 years ago as refugees from Vietnam after a long and courageous journey, as found in the insert write-up that Albert Taves has given to us. I encourage you to read it and to take it home with you as a remembrance of our relationship with them. As he has written, they arrived in Steinbach in the dead of winter 40 years ago. Not at all sure about the freezing temperature. I think there's a story of Tay at the beginning not sending the kids to school because it was just crazy cold and you don't do that. Albert or someone, I think, came and assured them it was going to be okay and took them to school. I think there were even thoughts of maybe escaping this frigid north by relocating to some warmer place. Um, But relation took, took over, replacing the cold weather with family ties, which began to keep them very warm. 
Grace became home, and Albert and Lorraine Taves and their family particularly connected with the trends. Their family bonds have stretched over all of these years. Grace has had the same bonds, and we have enjoyed the relationship and life with you as a family together for 40 years. As kids do, some of you have moved on, but the relationships remain, are always and will always be special for us at Grace. And for you, as you've written in your response, it's important as well, so thank you very much. I've heard you as a family express many times what Grace has meant to you and done for you, and that's been reciprocal. You have been a gift to us. We came to Grace only recently, our family, about 16 years ago, so you've been here for about twice, more than twice as long as we have. But from the beginning, we heard of and could see how you were very special, appreciated, and important folks within our congregation. And personally, your hospitality and having us over Tay, I'm looking for Tan and Tay, and I should have looked better before we started over there. You're usually at the front. You're becoming backbenchers. Personally, Tay, your hospitality and having us over, especially with that great Vietnamese coffee. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> ah, shoot, eh? <laughs> you need a different pastor. <laughs> Tan has been very special to me. Um, he was the caretaker when we began here at Grace. And uh, I got to spend two MDS trips with him, actually. We were roommates for one of them. And um, his reflections on um, helping people build homes um, because they didn't have one um, was very meaningful at the time. So thank you, Ton. That's been important to me as well. I hope you know that. And we're glad that we've been able to be part of your life in some small ways as you have been in ours. I'm going to ask the Trin family, who's been able to join. I'm not sure if they're all here this morning, but I'd like to ask them to stand, if you could. If I could get you all to stand. Tan and Tay and your children and grandchildren, you're all here this morning. Many here don't know you all because the church has changed over time, but we're thankful for 40 years of life together. So I'll say to all of you, those who know them and those who don't, let's take time to say hi and enjoy time together over coffee with them in the foyer after worship. So now, as you can see, we wrap the first song of praise around this short remembrance. It, it seemed to make sense to praise God for the life that Tan and Tay and their family have been able to make among us so far from their home, where they were, this place becoming home. All of us are thankful that it did become home I'm going to pray for them and for us, and then we're going to sing together, praising God for life together that we've enjoyed. Let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful today for your gifts of love and life. Thankful that you gave Tan and Tay and their family the courage and hope to make a journey they needed to make so many years ago, the gift of a new home when it was so needed and hoped for the support and love of family relationship which we have experienced here since then has been special for all of us and we are grateful to you for the opportunity we've had to share life together for all of these years individually and as a congregation we ask your hand upon them and us as we head into many more years together in jesus name we pray amen
please stand again with us and we'll sing verses three and four. Today we begin Lenten worship, six weeks and Sundays which lead us to Good Friday and the seventh Sunday, which is Easter. Lent, those weeks and Sundays, as we read on the bulletin insert that we have today as well, is a time to reflect on Christ's sufferings and our own, leading to hope and new life found in Easter resurrection. We can enter that through self-denial and repentance, prayer, meditating on scripture and works of love. I'm not sure if Lent is something that's familiar to all of you because we come from many different church traditions and so maybe not all of us have practiced Lent or know what it is. But it's a common practice at Lent to give up something during seven weeks to fast, giving up a comfort or adding something, adopting a practice, taking and adding for the purpose of self-examination, repentance from sin, and ultimately renewal of the soul and of life, all in anticipation of greater dedication to serving God and others. A number of us gathered for liturgy in the past week and put ashes on our foreheads as part of Ash Wednesday, those ashes symbolizing our mortality, our grief at the destruction and pain that our sin can cause us, others, or our world. People sitting in or covering themselves with ashes are found in the Old Testament stories of those in pain when they are expressing their lament and sadness and grief. Yet within the pain of that which ashes represent, we are reminded that ashes are also good fertilizer, as some of you gardeners might know. They help plants to grow. So likewise, when the pain of destruction, our sin, symbolized by ashes, is verbalized and acknowledged, our sin becomes different. The love of God is present with mercy and love in Christ to turn that which might be pain and destruction into life. Life does come as we are vulnerable before God and others, then turning to live in new ways with God and others, our earth and ourselves. Lent is filled with reflection and repentance meant to lead us into that new life. So each Sunday during Lent, except next Sunday when we'll have God's spell, as David was mentioning, we're going to lead ourselves on a similar journey. Each Sunday we'll join the children in song and story and ritual meant to reveal faith to them and to us. 
A prayer of confession is going to be part of the worship each week. Our scripture and sermon themes will be from the Gospel of Mark, leading us to Holy Week. And after every sermon, there will be a ritual connected to that of the children in which you can participate in one way or another, sometimes in the pews, other times coming to the front for those who find movement or participation meaningful. While that will be our worship practice, I'd also encourage you to add a practice or a spiritual discipline at home, maybe. You could fast from something or add something to your life. You could read through the Gospel of Mark, 16 chapters, six weeks, a chapter three times a week, it'll get you through. I do hope that Lent will be a journey for you, a journey of reflection and repentance as you, we, head towards Jesus' Good Friday sufferings and death so that just as Jesus' new life breaks out on Easter morning, it will break out in us as well. I'll ask you to join me now in the confession. God calls to us, where are you? We, like Adam, hide in the garden, hoping God does not come looking for us. God asks, what have you done? We, like Eve, say, the devil made me do it. Our choices have consequences, and yet God's grace abounds. I was miserable. Even my bones felt brittle. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have assurance of pardon, as in Psalm 32. How happy are the ones whose wrongs are forgiven. How happy are the ones whose sin the eternal God will not take into account. God has become our hiding place, our refuge from trouble. God hears our prayers, extending the arms of salvation and songs of deliverance. Amen. Please stand and join us singing the next two songs. The words will be on the screen behind us.
and then we will sing together Kumbaya as the children come forward for children's time. <coughs> dark there is no spark we'll wait and wait and listen and pray and we'll get ready to celebrate Easter day Caleb will ring some chimes for us when you can hear the noise when you can't hear the noise anymore I need you to put up your hand This is our Lenten prayer. We're going to say it two times. God of waiting. You may stand up. God of waiting, come down all around. From our minds to our toes, from our ears and through our nose. Show us you everywhere. Help us all your love to share. One more time. 
God of waiting, come down all around from our minds to our toes, from our ears through our nose. Show us you everywhere. Help us all your love to share. Today is the first Sunday of Lent. Lent is a journey, a journey the church takes every single year. It is a journey that the adults in our congregation are going to take. It's the journey that people all around the world who are trying their very best to follow Jesus take some time to listen and pray and try to figure out how they can follow Jesus just a little bit better. Pastor Mel and Pastor Kyle are taking the adults on a journey this Lent. They're going to look and listen and try hard with the adults to see how Jesus is leading them to be more faithful. During our children's time now, we're also going to go on a journey. But we are going to ask the adults to show us how Jesus is leading them to love just a little bit more. This time, we're not going to ask them to tell us. We're not going to ask them to read to us. We're going to ask them to show us. This Lent, we are going to be watchers. We are going to watch our moms and our dads and our grandmas and grandpas, and we're going to try and see if we can see how Jesus' love moves out of them and into the world. So they're going to ask Jesus to show them, and we are going to ask them to show us. And we're going to pretend that we're taking a little bit of a journey also. So every Sunday, we're going to ask one of the adults to come up and to show us a little bit of how Jesus' love moves through them. But today we're just going to get started. I'm your adult today. We've got a suitcase. This is our Lenten suitcase. Here it is. It's a great one. It's big. And it's heavy. Now let me... You have a suitcase? That is very handy. Now, a Lent suitcase is a little bit different than a regular holiday suitcase. A regular holiday suitcase, you, put, you pack things in. A Lent suitcase, you take things out. Because when Jesus gets involved, and Jesus is supposed to be involved in Lent, things get a little upside down and inside out. So a Lent suitcase, you take things out instead of putting them in. Should we check out what's in our suitcase? No. Yeah. yeah. All right, here goes. You, you can't all see, but I'll... Aha, uh -huh. makes sense. Lent is very simple. It's not complicated. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. When you go on a journey, you always want to take out the heaviest things first. So, today we got to take out some rocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this makes even more sense. 
These are prayer rocks. In a little while, the adults are going to pray with us. Because we want to pray with them about, and ask them to show us. And here's a little bit of a secret. Okay, so we're asking the adults to show us. But before we get started with our stones, here's something you need to know. Jesus told the adults that they needed to become like little children. Actually, what Jesus said is, when there was a bunch of children around, the kingdom of heaven belongs to these. Do you know what that means? It means the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. It is more than a little crazy. So, as you're watching your adults, you also need to remind them that they're supposed to be a little bit like you. Do you have time to hear a really short story? All right. Eliana says yes. I had the opportunity when I was a bit younger, a lot younger, to do one year of my university in the Philippines. I was a little baby. You were a little bit of a baby? I wasn't quite a baby. I, I was quite a baby. And... And I got to go to a seminary in the Philippines. And there's one thing, lots of the stuff was the same. Once a year, all the church leaders, all the pastors, all the adults got together to pray and to do a lot of talking. I think you're going to be a pastor when you grow up. <clears throat> and, but they did something before every session that I have never seen adults do here. Before every session, they sang a song with actions. You guys all sing songs of act with actions during children's story. But there was no children there. And they sang songs. And one of their favorite songs was a song with animals. And when they sang each animal, they didn't do a little action. They did a big action. So when they were talking about elephants, they were moving around the whole congregation like this. And then there was flamingos, and they were walking around like this. And then, give me another animal. Lion. A lion. So they were walking around like this. They don't have lions in the Philippines, but they do have water buffalo, which are huge. And they would like... So there's a whole congregation. Imagine if all these adults stood up, because you're all here, so there's no kids. There's a few. And they started walking around like chickens and elephants and lions, and they looked ridiculous. And there was not one child, so there was no excuses. And they did it because they really, really believed if they acted a little bit like children, they could hear God better, which is a kind of a neat thing. If they move their bodies the way children move their bodies, and they pretended they were animals like only kids could pretend they were animals, they could hear God better. So now we're going to move to our stones. And kids usually have a lot of fun. But I have some kids at home. And I know that sometimes there are things, there are prayers, there are worries, there are things you think about that are really, really, really hard to say out loud. So this is what we're going to do today. You're each going to take a stone and you're going to think about that prayer or that worry or that thing that's really hard to say out loud, and you're going to take it in your head, and you're going to push it into your stone with all your might. And you're going to put that worry in there. You're going to put that prayer in there. And then at the end of children's story or at the end of Sunday school or even when you go at home, you're going to pass your stone to an adult. 
because this bag of stones is really heavy to carry around in our Lenten suitcase for the whole time. But one stone, that's not hard for an adult to carry around. And I want the adults to take your stone, and maybe even for all of Lent, to pray whatever is in your stone. You can tell them if you want to, but you don't have to. God knows what's in your stone, and that's all that matters. And that adult's going to take your worry and your hard thing to say, and they're going to keep it with them, and you can give it up. So I'm going to pass out the stones to Mel and Enid and Leroy and Brenda, and you're going to start pushing your prayer in your into your stone, and then we're going to say a prayer with the adults. All right, if you all have a stone, then let's take just a moment and close our eyes and push our prayer in. Oh, you don't have one. We need, Paxton needs a stone. Anyone else need a stone? You're good. Maybe a river. Okay. So as soon as you... Let's close our eyes. And let's push our prayer deep, 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 deep into our stone. And now we're going to say a prayer with the adults. And you're going to repeat after me the children's part, and then the congregation's going to respond. With what's on the screen. There we go. Okay, you, I'm going to say it, and you repeat after me. God, be in my ears to hear the stories of your love. God, be in my ears to hear the stories of God, be in my mouth to ask questions, to share ideas, and to tell stories. God, be in my mouth to, sh- to share ideas, oh, to ask questions, share ideas, and tell stories. Good job. God, be in my hands, in my work, and in my play. God, be in my hands, in my work, and in my play. Thank you for these big people who can show us your love. Thank you for these big people 
who can show us your love. God, for all the ways you move in this church family, we are thankful. Be, we, be with these children this week and with all the adults. Hear our prayers, especially the prayers that are packed into these stones, and help us to trust you to make our hearts a little lighter. Amen. You may go to Children's Church. Please stand with us and sing Take My Life, number 389 in the blue hymnal, and we will sing verses 1, 4, and 6. From the Gospel of Mark, chapters 10, verse 17 to 31. As Jesus was going on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus replied, no one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, do not steal, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not bear false testimony, do not defraud, honor your mother and father. Teacher, the man replied, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. You lack one thing, he said, go. Go. 
Sell all you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around at his disciples and said to them, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples, even more amazed, said to each other, Well, who then can be saved? Ah, Jesus replied, with mortals, this is impossible. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. Peter said to Jesus, Well, we've left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left homes or sisters or brothers or children or mothers or fathers or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, sisters, brothers, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. For many who are first will be last, and the last first. So what must I do to inherit eternal life? In Mark, along with Luke and Matthew, when eternal life is spoken of, it speaks of life with God, implying life into the future, life here and beyond this one. In the Gospel of John, although it's a bit different, it speaks more of that life as right here and now, fullness of life, union with God in this life, the beyond beginning now. Having said that, even in Mark, when this young man asks Jesus about eternal life, it's not really a what do I need to do to get to heaven question. It's a question about what do I need to do to please God, to know God, to have life that is with and from God here and into the beyond. Jesus answers by reminding him of the commandments, of course. So was Jesus saying that obeying these, you will find eternal life, fullness of life, and life with God? Or did he even think that this young man hadn't obeyed or needed reminding? You know, I don't think so. I think Jesus knew that he had. That young man knew that he had, and he said so. He was a good, devout, God-fearing young man. So given that, maybe Jesus was not as much answering the question as setting him up for something else, something bigger. Looking at him with love, loving this young man's desire to follow God, maybe looking at him like we look at our kids when they try so hard at something, 
think they've done or understand it, and yet they haven't. But we love them for trying. Jesus says, go, sell, give, follow. Be free. Don't look at law-keeping for fullness of life and life with God. Don't look at what you haven't done. Of the six commandments here, five of them start with, Thou shalt not. They're pretty much ordinary, actually, and expected, and can't really give you that. Only God can be can by saving you from yourself and that which holds you back, that which stops you, stops you by maybe in place of God, giving you your sense of security and belonging and hope. The young man hears, and he does understand, and yet he goes away sad, not angry. He's just sad. He can't do it. He cannot be freed into true and real life with God and the kingdom of God, which just maybe is not really what you and I sometimes think it is. The story ends with Peter saying, We can. We left it all for you, Jesus. We left our homes, the places of belonging, left our brothers and sisters, those that we belong to, Our mothers and our fathers, our identity. Children, security in old age when they take care of you. And fields, our financial security. Says it naively maybe because Jesus reminds him that those who are first might not quite be actually. Don't evaluate yourself with too much certainty. Only God is good after all, as Jesus said. An eternal, full, and real life here and beyond are found not in our doing and having, but in Jesus' freeing hands. I've often thought about this passage and thought that it was about money. And maybe it is. But maybe in different ways than I'd thought. As I read a commentary this week that I respect very much, while not wanting to water down what Jesus is saying here, maybe Jesus wasn't giving a universal suggestion that everybody sell everything they have to follow. As Jesus wouldn't certainly have not meant when he said that whoever doesn't forsake family cannot follow him, that we should abandon care of our aging parents for the gospel. Yet we are no longer to be held by, in this case, money. Jesus frees us from considering it our security, our goal, the meaning of life. The kingdom of God's not to be held by anything that binds us. The life that is maybe not the real full life that God hopes for all of us. And so as not to be held, we are to give away that which holds us. That's not an easy thing to do, as we hear in the story. Particularly, Jesus says, for we rich. We rich because we often end up with so very little to worry about in relation to the basic necessities of life. We often have power and privilege. We often retire well. We often have all the choices that we want. We end up with heaven, more or less, on earth. Subsequently, it might be thought by even us that we are saved and we're living the life of God that God offers to us because we've lived as we're supposed to. We're blessed, as the disciples even imply, because isn't that the fullness of life when you've got everything? Isn't that what we want? Of course we do. It's what we want for our children, too. So, of course, that it's nigh impossible to hear Jesus saying, Children, how hard it is 
to enter the kingdom of God. We think we're there, like the young man, but are we? We might actually be too bound to recognize freedom, thinking it's our money, our security, our identity and belonging. It's freedom 55. And then Jesus says, oh no, there's more. What is it? Well, I didn't think I could capsulize it all this morning. So I think that's what we gather to talk about here actually every week and why I think it's good that we're together. And it's that which comes from God, not us. Even if we're too bound to recognize freedom, too bound to sometimes untangle ourselves, what's impossible for us is possible for God. So how might recognition of this and untangling for the kingdom come to us from God? In many ways, I imagine, one of them being found in our Lenten themes this year, those being recognition and confession, acknowledging that maybe we are bound so that God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness can set us onto new paths. This past week, we had Ash Wednesday here, morning, noon, and evening, offering prayers of confession, repentance, so as to receive God's grace and forgiveness. The comments from some as we gathered here together were that, ooh, sure found myself in that. Their sin was almost a little bit too much, they said. It was clearly pointed out in some of the prayers. And that can be disconcerting because we feel that we are bound in and by them. That's just who we are sometimes. And it's usually not the people we really hope to be. Yet that vulnerability also serves the purpose of exposing us to God's grace and forgiveness. It is in the naming and acknowledging that life emerges as we open ourselves up to God's transforming and healing work, which leads to eternal life, fullness of life, real life, with God and other people, freed, not bound. So, this morning... In a continuation of Ash Wednesday, let's ask ourselves, by what are we, like that young man approaching Jesus, bound? And then, rather than walking away sad and still being bound, can we be freed to eternal life, fullness of life with God, here until our someday with God face to face, by repentance and a desire to be freed to live with God and others? Freed from the bondage of pursuing and glorying in financial security, maybe. Particularly when many struggle with simply their day-to-day. Freed from the bondage of simply being satisfied with our own places of belonging, our own homes and family, when there are many others who are in dire need of those as well. Or the bondage of treating others cruelly because of fear that we will not be safe if we don't. A fear possibly present in the Israel-Palestine conflict, which we will hear about again today in formation. Or the bondage of fear that if we give things away, we won't have enough. We'll lose something. Fear possibly present in the conversation around indigenous land and the blockades currently the talk of Canada. Freed from the bondage having to be right, of a temper or anger, of jealousy which can break relationships in our families and communities from the bondage of all that possesses and destroys us personally, addictions, anxiety, and fear-induced behaviors. Each week in Lent, we're going to be having a ritual at the end of the service in which we can participate. On some Sundays, it will be that we remain in our seats. On some, like today, we are invited to the front if we would like, or you can remain in your seat. 
Today we have an opportunity to confess our temptations of bondage. What is it for you? Something mentioned or something different? As you sit or come to the front, speak that with God. Trusting God to begin to free you into fullness of life with God and others in our world and yourself. In a moment, the group will sing as we reflect. If you remain in your pews to do that, that's fine. If you would like to participate by coming to the front, you can come, reflecting on your temptation, your confession, and drop a stone into one of the bowls as a symbol of throwing it away, giving it to God, we might say. As we sit or come, the group's going to be singing, Who Condemns You Now? A Steve Bell song based on Jesus' promise to a woman that he has freed, that she's no longer condemned, but she's freed to walk into the kingdom of God, freed to walk into new life. Amen.
Please join me for the congregational prayer. Gracious God, we pray that you would open our eyes to where we are bound to be able to recognize how you want to make us free. And in our world where there's different kinds of turmoil that are causing tensions, turmoils that affect individual lives, families, cities, and even countries, the spread of the COVID-19 virus, political extremists and polarization of political views, thousands of people fleeing unsafe living conditions and seeking asylum, economic and environmental crises, land deals or the lack of them. In the midst of all this, you have told us to call on you and to trust you, and we know that you do not ever abandon us. For that, we are very thankful. Our prayer is that in all these situations, the leaders and we, the people, would have the wisdom to make and follow through with decisions that are truly best for all of the people affected. Gracious God, you call us as a church family to care for and support each other. And we come before you now with the cares and concerns of our congregation, knowing that it is through you that we can show love to each other. Our hearts ache for the loss of loved ones. We pray for Debbie Giesbrecht on the unexpected death of her son, Nathan. As she grieves this loss, comfort her aching heart. Hold her close to you, and may she know that your loving arms enfold her. And may we as a church family know best how to encourage her and uphold her as she adjusts to this new reality in her life. We pray for the family members of Helen Weeb, whose funeral was this last Friday. Thank you for the rich legacy she has left to many members of her family. For Shannon Gerbrandt, who has so lovingly and faithfully supported her mother over the last years of her life. For Reed Gerbrandt, David and Tara Clausen, who have lost their grandmother. For Annika and Ezra, who no longer have their great-grandmother and for Lorraine and Albert Taves, who grieve the passing of her sister, comfort and encourage these people. And there are many in our congregation who are housebound or in care homes. We pray that they would not be lonely, that they would be well cared for, and that they would sense your presence with them. We pray for Linda Martins, Jake Penner, Martha Platt, Nancy Pauls, Abe Friesen, Marie Dick, Irene Rempel, and any others that we are aware of. May these people and their caregivers and families be encouraged to give the support that is needed. As we have entered this season of Lent, may each of us be willing to ask you, God, what shall we grab hold of, and what shall we let go of? 
In asking this, we are asking you to continue your work of transformation, transforming us into the image of Jesus Christ so that your kingdom may come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We have the wonderful privilege of participating in your work here on earth by offering back to you from the bounty with which you have blessed us. May we give joyfully, and we ask you to bless the gifts. We offer all these prayers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stand with us to sing our closing song, Let It Be Said of Us.
May God remind you of your belovedness. May Christ be by your side in times of struggle. May the Spirit guide you back to the path when you are tempted. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.